Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Folk upstairs actually will be very annoyed because I've changed a couple of times what way we're going to do this with microphones. But it's lovely to be involved with Worldwide and an absolute privilege to be here tonight and to be sharing a little bit about Charlene's project. And very exciting to meet for the first time Bishop Henry as well. And certainly the Uganda theme will run through tonight. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and I would want to say at the start, you know, as we share a story, it's a story within a story. Because each of us are living a story within a story. And the big story, the overwhelming story, is the story of God's love for us. And if October this year, it'll be seven years since we sat in that front row and little Charlene's coffin was the front of the church. And Janice will be telling a little bit about Charlene's story. And I'll be telling a little bit about what's been happening through Charlene's project. And we're going to try and do it in a conversational way. So hope it works because uh, we do tend to interrupt each other. And um, (laughs) she interrupts me a little bit more than probably I interrupt her. But just to set the scene, first of all, Charlene's project is small. And yet, as we look at what is being done, what has been accomplished, God is amazing. Because we're working in Uganda. We're doing a little bit in Guatemala. We're doing a little bit as well with refugees. And that is expanding slowly. And the work that we're doing is in the educational front. A little bit that we're getting into health side as well. Doing a little bit when we're out in March supporting pastors. But very much working with the local church. Very much trying as best we can to work in partnership with others. And worldwide is about partnership. And ultimately each person here has a part to play in God's plan. As to how he is building his church. He has chosen to use us. And we're in partnership together and with the church worldwide, as Simon was sharing, through those verses and through those passages. It is a work that we're doing together. And we are so thankful for the help of so many here as we've brought forward Charlene's story. Sure, she was 
decided that she would do crazy things. And one of these, she's actually out of hospital for the afternoon, having told the doctor she's going out with her family for coffee. And <laughs> she has a, a really deceitful father who uh, took her up, IVI all in, up to the top of the boutique tower and let her up sail down. So uh, she just lived life to the full, and she did not let her assistant type workers hold her back. But she tackled life head on. And she had struggles, struggles physically. And certainly often people wouldn't have known the struggles that she had. She was in and out of hospital. But she also struggled emotionally. And that was a very hard part for her and for us because ultimately she struggled with the fact that she had been on her own. The nurses were incredible during the first year of life, but she didn't have one key care. She didn't have a mum there. And she went through awful struggles around that. Bouncing back to uh, Uganda, um, we would be back and forward to Uganda and we would have teams out uh, at times. Sometimes, you know, we would feel like almost the grandparents of, of all the young people that are out with us. But in March, we were out as a small team and we had a container. Um, William Carson Methodist Missions in Lurgan, who do a wonderful job of getting containers all over the place, packed the container. It arrived at the secondary school we're working with just before we arrived and uh, we were able to get it all sorted. The, the, the different things were going to various schools that we're working with. We did some, some, some work with the, with the children. There was sports. Uh, we, we visited a, a jewellery project that we have been supporting and working with and where we have some girls back in school through sponsorship that's in Kampala. Uh, music is always part of Uganda. Um, they just have a natural rhythm there's no doubt about that and it's a joy and when we try to dance and sing like them we make fools of ourselves and you get a welcome like this now the welcome this time we weren't carried but we actually have been carried through uh, in, up in, in Kahara uh, but the children are lovely the people of Uganda are just incredible and certainly we learn far more from them than they would ever learn from us and, and certainly it is always a joy and a pleasure to be sharing together with them Uh, we eventually got there in 2008. He took uh, all uh, 
family with six kids and ourselves out to Uganda. And it impacted all of us, uh, um, well, just beyond all imagination, but it especially impacted all the kids and Charlene especially. And when we came back from Uganda, Charlene's health continued to deteriorate and um, she uh, eventually was put on a double lung transplant list and was told that she wouldn't survive unless she had new lungs. And that was actually the very night that Charlene's project started. Um, because we went out that night to Nando's. Um, the bar motto is and remains and will probably always remain, when anything is wrong, eat. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it really is. We always put the kettle on or we always get uh, chips in or we always do something, we always eat. And that, that night was no exception. And it really was, I would say, one of the worst nights of our lives because we had just been told really that Charlie didn't have that long to live unless she got a transplant. And so we all headed from the hospital to Nando's in Belfast and Victoria Square. And that is where we sat and we, our lives were just horrendous. And um, there was such a dark cloud over us when we went into Nando's that night. We all went in and sat down in Nando's and waited for the chicken to come. And unlike our family, I can tell you, nobody was actually hungry. But as we sat waiting for the chicken to come, <clears throat> Charlene had her head down and it was a moment with Oh my goodness, when I get face to face with my Lord, I cannot wait to thank him for that moment. Because that was the moment we were looking at each other and thinking, what can we do? What can we say to lift Charlie's spirits? But God was already at work. And all of a sudden, Charlie's head popped up and she eyeballed us and she just said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build a school in Uganda. And she said, you know, I am going to have to drop out of school. Because she'd just been told that day she couldn't go back to do her A-levels. And she said, I am going to use the time I have while I'm waiting on my lungs. I'm going to fundraise to build a school in Uganda. And we actually thought she was dead for head. We really did. <laughs> and we often look back, we honestly do, and as parents, we actually spent the next 15 minutes trying to talk her out of it. And that is genuinely the honest truth. Because we thought, this is mad. You know, you should be thinking of yourself, Charlene. You're sick. You can't be thinking of others at a time like this. But praise God, this, the kids had more wit and more wisdom than we had. And they got behind her. And the, the night turned into a night of planning. How do we build a school in Uganda? And that's how Charlene's project was born. And that Charlene's project has gone from strength to strength since then. And why? Because I believe it was totally God's doing. Charlie heard his voice, she listened, she obeyed, and he has done it all since. And media and the folk of Ireland were brilliant getting behind her because really, uh, you know, she, she was told she needed £70,000 uh, and we, we built that school with Fields of Life and £70,000 seemed an awful lot of money and you know, we said, Charlie, that'll take an awful long time and we were concerned that would her health last and she said, oh, you know, do you not believe in God? Do you not believe in the people of Ireland? They'll, they'll support it. And, and she was right. Within five months, 70,000 was in. And by the time she died, 120,000. But we're so thankful to media too because so often we can be critical of media and sometimes rightly so. But they were very supportive. And Charlene told her story on, on media. A teenager from Lurgan, gravely ill, awaiting life-saving surgery, but helping others from her sickbed. 19-year-old Charlene Barr, who has cystic fibrosis, and needs a double lung transplant is heading a project to raise much needed funds for a school in Uganda. The 
illness caused Charlene to quit school in January, but she's determined to help others get an education. This kid there really didn't have any school to go to or had to walk miles to get to school, so I came up with the idea of maybe raising money to build a school in Uganda. So, because I feel like it's my education, and to continue, it's better to make others or let other children be able to go to school. So, as Vicky said, we built a school through Fields of Light Hidden Treasure, and uh, what was once a shack, uh, and we went out and picked it while Charlene remained back in hospital and sent her the pictures and we started to build it. And she toiled away back at base fundraising while we were out picking the school. And we believed 100%, we genuinely believed with all our hearts that Charlene would actually be the one who would go out to open the school. Um, but sadly, Charlene didn't live to see it with human eyes. Uh, and God actually called her home the very weekend they started to build the school out in Kampala. And yes, we know um, God's ways are not our ways, but we know 100% again God's ways are best. And uh, the school that was once her wee dream is now not only built, but it's now totally independent, functioning on its own, and no longer needs the support of Darwin's project seven years on, which is an amazing miracle. And we actually felt that maybe that was the task done, but it was when the first Christmas after Charlene died, uh, we, we looked through a lot of her diaries, and you know, little did we realise just what plans God had given her. There was so much written down about what she wanted to do in Uganda and beyond. And, and so in 2012, Basil O'Malley, uh, Natalie, one of, one of our daughters and myself, headed out uh, and we went up to the north, to the west, towards Lake Albert, and very much a rural area where, in a sense, none of the children wore shoes, and, and certainly the need was in incredible. And that was the, the environment that the children were being taught in, uh, a little structure that the parents had helped build so that their children could get an education. And, and when we came back and shared with the trustees what we had seen and uh, the need that was there, they wholeheartedly threw their weight behind uh, raising the money to, to build the school at Kahara. And it's incredible, the change in that community, absolutely incredible. And there's been so much fundraising done, the big fest of fries, every year here, you know, has been instrumental. As a doctor talking in terms of the health benefits of big festive fries is very difficult to justify, but nevertheless, people's generosity makes an incredible difference. Small amount given here makes an incredible difference in areas of need, such as this area in Uganda. And we've been out with teams, that was pencil cases given by a school in Newton Arge, a pencil case for each child in that school. A community hall was built, uh, which has had so much functions and has been so useful. And, uh, you know, as we continue to work, teacher accommodation has been built. This structure here is where the nursery uh, is currently uh, in Kahara. And, uh, you know, that is one of the things that we want to do. We want to build a, a purpose-built structure. It'll be very simple compared to what nurseries are here, but certainly it's something that is better and more purpose-suited to what the needs are. And we've taken on a third new school called, uh, which isn't far from Kahara, which is even probably more remote and has up to what, 700 kids out of mm. And I always remember, and it happened in the hall out there, I remember us coming back from Uganda one time and standing out there and, and saying to Basil, you know, we stumbled by accident, well, we thought it was by accident, God doesn't work by accident, but we stumbled on a wee school up the road that is a, the building has been built 
but there's absolutely nothing else. There's no tables, there's nothing, there's no resources at all. It's so poor. And uh, the people in Oxy and Belfry have, have left. And the, these, this school needs help. And I remember Basil on the steps out there saying to us, you know what, this school's a bit like Charlie. Let's take this school into Charlie's project family the way Charlie was brought in, and let's adopt this school into the project. And I thank God for that. And we have seen so much and seen a real working of God in that community where people really didn't know much about God. Uh, and uh, there what is, was the teacher accommodation uh, of Mud Huts has now been replaced by a repurposed belt. And they are so excited, and uh, so excited. And people are coming to know God because God is moving practically and lovingly in their community. And so much is happening there. And, uh, We've seen, we're now seeing kids going to secondary school for the very first time through people sponsoring kids and getting them into secondary school for the very, very first time in Kahara. And certainly when you look at what the children themselves say, because some of these children getting to secondary school are the first children in their extended family who are ever getting the opportunity to get to secondary school. The things we take for granted here are not opportunities that children get in many other parts of the world. And the health side is an area that we're very concerned about. Putting clean water in is so significant so that the, the families are not drawing dirty water and becoming ill through, through dirty water. Last year, when we were out with a team, we, we did, uh, in, the, in the area of Kahara, um, they get sand fly infection in their feet. The children end up with what's called jiggers. And, you know, it ends up with very sore feet. Sometimes children missing time of school, sometimes even bad septic feet, even septicemia you know, blood poisoning. So we, we, we went out to the team through fundraising here at Coffee Morn. We were able to, to buy basins, soap, uh, towels for each child, and uh, we were able to give a pair of shoes to each child. And I think this picture says it all. As you look at the children, their excitement, you know, the, one of them actually has the little elastic bands around his leg from the, from the shoes that they came in. But, you know, so, such a small thing and yet makes such a difference and is part of the solution to dealing with jigger infestation in that community and in that area. And, and one of the things actually um, that we heard back, because David has been doing some, some research for his dissertation, and you know, as he was drawing back some of the research, one of the comments, and, and there's something that actually in the context of this challenges me to the very heart, because they said the Mzungu, what moved us was the Mzungu being willing to lift our children and to wash their feet. And is there not uh, an incredible spiritual context in that? As we wash each other's feet, we're following the example of our Savior. So true. And we've been partnering, and a lot of what we do is partnership. We've been partnering with an American organization, and we've been doing twice yearly health checks. The big festive fry last year raised a very significant chunk of the money, and that work has begun where we're actually doing uh, health checks twice a year, community clinics in the areas of the schools. Mama kits, what are mama kits? Uh, for a few years, we've been providing these. If, if a woman goes into labor, uh, and she goes to the health center. Many deliver in their own little huts, but if she goes to the little health center for delivery, if she doesn't provide a mama kit, the, the sterile materials, fluids, the umbilical cord, uh, then there's no guarantee that what is used is sterile. Mm -hmm. And the reality there, you're dealing with HIV rates, 10, 11%, and infection, postpartum, 
is a major problem. So those little mama kits, three to four pound, we've provided and we continue to provide. And, it, and also linking that with the mothers getting the mama kits if they attend antenatally <coughs> improves maternal care significantly. I want to show you some, some numbers here because this was challenging because the last 20 mama kits that went out, uh, we got them to actually list the age of first birth of that mother. So this, when she was in, she was basically saying when she first had a baby. And as you look at the number of teenage pregnancies, you realise the importance of keeping girls in, in education and trying to give them better hope through education. We also asked the second question, what was the highest level of education you achieved? And as you look at the highest level of education these girls achieved, there is virtually as many of them had no education as got to secondary school. S2 is basically second form. So massive needs in bringing forward education and bringing forward health. It's made out of recycled paper. Often choose 
between lives in this world. God doesn't, and if any of us feel totally inadequate, praise the Lord, because God does not use the great. He may use them, but more than often, he uses the broken and the ones who think they can do nothing. And six days before God took Charlene to himself, on the very spot on our kitchen sofa where he took him to himself, he, Charlene said to us, what have I done with my life? And we took her on our knee and said, you know what, Charlene, you're building a school in Uganda and you have given your life to Jesus. And she said, but really, I've done nothing with my life. And you know, one of the things she said to us that day was, she said, I have a massive regret in my life. And we said, what is it? And she said, if I don't get this transplant in time, I will never have children. And it would be Charlie's dream to have children. And she always wanted to have more than I had. She'd always said, I'm going to do it better than you've done it. And, but you know, because of her start in life, and because she hadn't known a mum in her first life, she so much longed to be a mum. And you know, just over the last couple of weeks, we have been clearing out the attic. Oh my goodness, was that ever needed? But I've come across some of her wee school books, and in it she talks about how she wanted to be a mum. And in a way it could make me sad, but you know what it does? It makes me all the more thankful that the Heavenly Father we have is a God of continual hope, and a God who compensates when we don't get what we want. And she may have said that to us that day, but we look now at Uganda and Guatemala and those two refugee children, and she may never have given physical birth to them, but she, through God, has brought hope to many, many children. And in heaven, she will have more children than any of us. And that's the God we serve. And that is the God we all have. And praise be the God. We sing its praises here tonight, but oh, it's only the tip of the iceberg. We, Charlie's project is nothing, but what God is doing through Charlie's Thank you. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.